Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God. Come on. Good. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, we say what? We live, we love, we serve. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on on today. Now, I, I sent my son to run, there he is, to get something for me. I tried to be brand new today and, and use my Bible app. You can't have a Bible app if you leave your phone in the office though, so. <laughs> That's the app when you try to get brand new. Listen, I want us today uh, to turn to a passage of scripture, Exodus 3. So if you got your app, you got your Bible. If you have neither, guess what we're going to do? We're going to put it on the screen for you today so you can see it. Exodus 3, and I'm going to read verses uh, 9 through 12. I believe we're going to put it on the screen, but Exodus 3, 9 through 12. There we have it. I'm going to read, and I'm going to read what they call 12a, not the whole 12, 12a. Exodus 3, 9 through 12a. Here it is. And in the, I'll read in the Message Bible first, actually, then the New Revised Standard Version. And here's how it reads. The Israelite cry for help has come to me. And I've seen for myself how cruelly they've been treated by the Egyptians. It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses answered God, but why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Here's the part I want to read in verse 12. I'll be with you, God said. That's it. Then in the New Revised Standard Version, here's how it reads. Exodus 3, 9 through 12. This is God speaking. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, God said, I will be with you. Amen. Come on, let's 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 pray. Talk to God. God, we bless your name on today and we honor you, oh God. God, so many of us are just so grateful to be in the building, glad to be in the service one more time, oh God. God, this has been a challenging season, but we serve an amazing God. Thank you for keeping. Thank you for providing. Thank you for sustaining. Thank you for lifting. Thank you for pushing. Thank you for pulling. Thank you for encouraging. Thank you for empowering. God, thank you. 
Because we can all say now that we know what it means to be kept by God. You are a keeper, God. We bless your name on today for that. Now, oh God, let your word go to work in this house. Let it hit the target so God is intended to reach. And we will be ever grateful, ever thankful, not just for what you do, oh God, but for who you are. Because of who you are, we are, oh God. So we celebrate you, we honor our lives. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And we say, amen, amen, amen. Listen. I'm going to read that again. I, I'm going to read it in the Message Bible, Exodus 3, 9 through 12. Hey, the Israelite cry for help has come to me, and I've seen for myself how cruelly they've been treated by the Egyptians. <clears throat> it's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses answered God, but why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? I'll be with you, God said. Amen. Amen. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, I got a message for you. You are worthy. Come on, turn to the other neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, you are worthy now tell yourself i am worthy hey come on put your hands together and give the lord a hand call break i am worthy on today i am somebody should feel that right there i am worthy i am worthy Oh no, listen. Everybody excited today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt in your life like you could just disappear? Have you been in a place where because of how life had been assaulting and assailing you? Because the way and the trajectory of your life had been going in a way that you thought was a downward spiral. Had you ever just wanted to disappear? To get away? I, I know there are more than a few of us in here today who felt that way. You, 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 you thought about how overwhelming the current circumstances were in your life. You wish you could just disappear, crawl under a rock, get away. Somehow, somehow, part of the illusion and the delusion is that you thought that disappearance would dismiss the issue. You thought that somehow by getting away or disappearing or running away or hiding, and somehow hiding could actually be 
a legitimate form of escaping. Because you just wanted to get away. I know I'm talking to somebody this afternoon. In fact, I, I would even go further that, that, that if you haven't experienced that feeling in your life, as the old folks would say, keep on living. Because the more you live, the more you'll be touched. Watch this big word. You'll be touched by the transitoriness of life. That means the inconsistencies, the contradictions of life will come to your doorstep the more you live. And when those contradictions in life knock on your door, and I'm really going to mess with somebody, when you, no, the you that has been screaming to come alive, not on your door when you start seeking out yourself when the you that has been dormant for decades what will you do when you open a door and you see yourself and the person on the other side says what have you been waiting for I'm tired of being an idea in your mind. I'm tired of being the substance of your dreams. I want to come alive. What happens when the you you've been hiding wants to come alive in the you you've been living? And when those realities begin to manifest in your life, and it seems like it's too much to handle for some of us, the only option that presents itself is to get away and so instead of confronting you you run from you instead of facing the situation you avoid it you spend your life tap dancing around possibilities because possibilities that can abound in your life are connected to you being willing to confront the circumstances in your life and because you're unwilling to confront the circumstances the possibilities never come to fruition how long will you talk about what could be? How many times will you talk about what might happen? Because the song you've been singing over and over in your mind connected to who you desire to be will only come alive when you embrace the reality of who you are, where you are, and also confront the ability and the reality that may be the reason why the real you can't come to life in you is because you've been afraid of you. And so at the end of the day, it's still fear dictating your footsteps, fear guiding your movements, fear hovering in your possibilities. And instead of doing the necessary work to come to grips with who you really are, even though you can't fully see who you are, so you hide behind the expectations of other people, you begin to capitulate to the demands of other people instead of facing it, you either run from the expectation, run from your real self, or just run. But tell me, what kind of sneakers do you need? To outrun yourself when you go everywhere you go. Moses thought he could run. 
he, he, he thought he was running because of a warrant out for him. He had killed an Egyptian. But the death of the Egyptian was not the real demise. It was the slow death of his potential. That was really working. You see, the more you run from you, you die a little bit every day. I mean, here's the thing. Most people don't see the death because they don't know the truth you know about you. So, so, so here's what you must do. You must keep up the facade that all is well, that you're following the trajectory of your dreams, your goals, your ambitions, your aspirations. But, but see, but see when, when, when the brunch is over and drinks are done and dinner is finished, you go home with an agonizing heaviness over your spirit because you know, although you've been fooling many people, the weight of the burden of pretending is too great to bear. And, and, and so Moses' running wasn't about the killing of an Egyptian. It was running from the slow death of his true self. I mean, he had a good life raised in Pharaoh's household, but it wasn't his life. You got to get this. He had everything you would imagine. And some people even say in those movies, he was a prince of Egypt. But, but what good is it to have the trappings of a prince? Uh, but you loathe who you are. Oh, let me pause here for a second. That's what happens. I need to hit you with this. You know this? During the pandemic, you know, we always look at these billionaires and who's the richest man in the world. Oh, this is crazy. Only That's a whole other conversation. But, but Jeff Bezos for so long. And then a few months ago, he got knocked off of the top spot by Bernard Arnault. Who is that, you may ask? The CEO of LVMH. That's Louis Vuitton. Moet and Hennessy. <laughs> then is the holding company for Givenchy, for Dior, for Tiffany's, Tanqueray. And during the pandemic, his wealth went from 80 billion to 186 billion in a year of a pandemic. Can you imagine when depression creeps in, you try to identify with other things to make other people wealthy? And I saw during the pandemic, people waiting in line for Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Dior, all that stuff. And yet, there's nothing you can buy to cover up the real pain when you're not content with who you are. There ain't enough malls, there ain't enough stores that can give you peace when you don't like you. So Moses runs. He runs and tries, Revelation, to create a new reality. He goes to Midian. He meets a woman. He gets married. They have children. He's now, watch this. He was once a prince of Egypt. Now he's on a run. He becomes now a shepherd, not even for his own stuff, but for his father-in-law's stuff. 
and life is good. 40 years, he'd been hiding. You would think after 40 years, you're good. 40 years of pretense, 40 years of a false identity. It was as if he was in a, 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 a self-inflicted witness protection program. trying to hide before he was found out. And can I tell you something, beloved? Run all you want. Hide all you want. But there's one eye you can't hide from. Because what happens when God's need meets your hiding? God said, I hear the cries of my people. And I need someone to liberate them. And Moses, you're it. I need you to go and liberate my people from the Egyptian captivity. And you're it. Watch what God says. I need you to go back to the place you've been running from. You've been running from it. But I've been chasing after you. And what happens when God catches up to you and then gives you an assignment that pushes you to the place you've been running from? That you've been trying to avoid. Now, here it is, and I'll be done because I know y'all want to, well, y'all may want to stay here longer, but here, here, watch. Here's the story, and I'll be done. God says, go back. Go back. And this may not be everybody's word because it wasn't for everybody when God said it, it was Moses' word. But, but if it, it applies because there's some spaces that we have fled for safety. Some of those places are places that don't deserve us going back. Especially spaces that have been shaped by abuse. Because I would never tell somebody who's been avoiding abusive spaces to go back to the abuse. God didn't tell you that. You were not created to be abused. Some years ago, I had a, a, a person who came to me who was experiencing domestic violence and, and, and by a husband. And, and they said that they had gone to see the past of the husband. And the pastor told her that she needed to stay because you didn't want to break the sanctity of the marriage and all blah, 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 blah. She came to me and she said, Pastor, what do you think? I said, well, first of all, I don't know who this person is. That's not my business. But let me say this. I said, what day you were born? She told me that. She said, the day you were born, God did not create you for abuse. I said, I said, and there ain't enough I love you to cover the marks on your arms. By the way, she came into my office with a broken arm. I said, ain't enough love that could make you submit to this. And can I tell you something? I said, this ain't even what love looks like. Love is nurturing. Love is life-giving. Love is sustaining. Love is empowering. Love will give you breath and take your breath away at the same time. Love is beautiful. Love is peaceful. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love ain't easy. But you can see the markings of love you can't tell me you love me you make me lose my mind you can't tell me you love me you got me questioning who i am moses gets there and and and, and he hears god and and hears god's word and and here's what i want to get to here's a part and i'll be done 
When God said, I need you. Because man, divine assignments can be life-shaking and shifting. I mean, when, when divine assignments show up on your doorstep, and you know it's God calling you, it can be life-altering, and, and it often gives the feeling of intrusiveness. But, but hold on, hold on. If God is intruding on your pretense, is it really intrusion? Or is it liberation? Oh, you'll get that when you go home. I mean, where God intrudes on your pretense is not designed to destroy. It's designed to break you out of the prison that you created for yourself because you're afraid to be you. Oh, my God. Have you ever experienced God breaking into the hiding spaces you've created? Because God didn't just want to liberate you. God wanted to give you a new assignment and a new lease on life. He said, Moses, I need you. I love this, and I'm, I'm trying to get here, but he didn't ask him, what you been doing, bro? He didn't even critique the hiding. There's no, what you been doing for the past 40 years, what you? Have you been wasting time? No conversation like that. Watch this. God cuts past all of that. There's no time to engage in conversation that's shrouded by pretense. He cuts to the chase, I need you to go to Egypt to liberate my people. I have heard their cries and seen the cruelty, and I found no better candidate. I found no better candidate. I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody better for this assignment. Wait a minute, God. Me, the murderer, nobody better. Me, the liar, nobody better. Me, the hider, nobody better. Here you go, thinking that somehow because you got some flaws and faults that you are disqualified from divine assignments. And God is saying, nobody better. And here is the word birth and insecurity shaped by self-doubt undergirded by fear. Who am I, God? Who am I? And she would ask me, who am I? Oh my God. I can speak from personal history, those moments where I felt unworthy. Because sometimes feelings of unworthiness are birthed in your primordial experience. Sometimes it's in the early days of infancy and adolescence where those feelings of self-doubt are connected to a lack of affirmation in spaces where you needed to be pushed. 
And then your life becomes shaped by a state of lack. I don't have the support. I didn't have the people. Nobody said they love me. Folk didn't support me. And you use that narrative as the guidepost for your journey. When you use that narrative, you always see yourself operating from a space of deficiency. It is as if every break breath you take is shaped by a feeling of deficit. Who am I, God? That you would be mindful of me with all my mess and all my issues and all my drama and all my mistakes. I haven't always been my best. I haven't always shown up in ways I should have. I didn't always say the right thing, go to right places. I wasn't always this redeemed, renewed, reconciled person you see right now. I got a history. I got a past. And that past ain't pretty. That past ain't nice. It's a little dreary and a little dark and a little messy, but it's my story. Who am I that you would be mindful of me? And God said the first problem you got is that your gaze upon you is grounded by feelings that are not connected to your possibility. How do you see yourself when you get up in the morning? You look in the mirror, what do you see? Who do you see? Because there's some of us who've never seen ourselves because when we look in the mirror, we see the words that have dehumanized us and diminished us. We never really get to appropriate the fullness of who we are because all we get to see is how other people have sought to see us. Now, here's a problem. There's some people who can see you positively, but those are not the ones who have really wreaked havoc on our lives. That when you see yourself, you see yourself through the lens of other people who've seen you based on their feelings of inadequacy, deficiency, and lack. So they saw in you what they could not see in themselves because they created a false facade. Watch this. So the people that you use as a guidepost of who you are are people who are also living in a state of deficiency. And so what you've done is compounded the deficit and you've seen yourself through your wounded eyes plus the wounded gaze of irrelevant people who didn't really care about you in the first place who are projecting onto you their own insecurity, self-doubt, and feelings of inadequacy. And now you are bearing a burden that didn't even have your name on it. You buckling under the weight of something that don't belong to you. Because you're busy trying to live up to an idea in another person's mind that they couldn't even live up to. Who am I? Who am I that you would think so highly of me? Oh my God. It is not that God must cut through the layers of inadequacy. It is you. You must be the one to do the work to peel back the layers. You must go to the place of origin, the origination of your trauma, of your woundedness, and begin to understand that who you were created by the damage is not the you you were destined to be. Oh, God, you missed that. I said it too fast. Who you were created by the damage was not the person you were destined to be. The wounds did not shape your future. They grounded you, stunted you, halted you, and you became defined by your wounds, identified by the damage, and that damage, those wounds did not really fully appropriate the possibilities that abound, not when you are working with you, but when God has God's hands upon you. 
my God. You know my history. Oh, God. You know I walk into the doors of the church with my head down, hoping nobody recognizes me. You know I come in here heavy, not even fully worshiping and praising because I can't shake my own personal history that riddles me with guilt. Who am I? You know I can't get past the fact that I didn't live up to what people thought I should do and I did not maximize my own potential and my own possibility. I never fully appropriated my gift. I never walked in my anointing. I never trusted my power. And yet you are still mindful of me. And I didn't trust those things. I didn't walk in it, not because they weren't there, but because I didn't feel worth. But can I tell you something? The unworthy or those who feel unworthy. And let me let me speak this to you as the unworthy in recovery. You were born accomplished. Oh, no, you didn't catch that. I said it a few weeks ago on Inward Journey. You spending your whole life trying to get somewhere and not realize that you were born already there. You were born at arrival. Oh, you missed that. You don't got to earn nothing, prove nothing, be nothing for so nobody else. Every breath you take is God sanctifying your life and saying you are worthy. Sitting around here feeling sorry for yourself because of other people who feel sorry for themselves. Who are you? Why not you? Why not you? I love what God does. And I'm done. God don't try to have a therapy session with Moses in the moment. Well, Moses, say more. Say more about how you feel. Tell me. Let's track down the originating places of your self-doubt and your insecurity. Let's, let's do a deep dive and let reflection be the guide and find out where this all started. God was like, I ain't got time for that. I hear the cries of my people. They're being beaten. I need somebody now. And why not you, Moses? Let me change it. Why not you, Dash? You put your name in. And here's what God says. And I'm done. He says, wait a minute. I am with you. Watch this. Some of us are sitting there saying, okay, God, say more. <laughs> say more. If a legion of friends showed up to be your best cheerleaders, they don't come close to I am with you. If everybody you knew in your life supported you, it don't even come close to when God says, I am with you. That's all you need to know. You talking about you need to get past your lack of confidence. God is with you. What more you need to hear? 
Ain't enough coping mechanisms. Ain't enough workshops. Ain't enough books you can read to accept that you do not walk by yourself. God is with you. Every time you walk, people should get a sense that you ain't moving by yourself. Oh, I got it. Oh, God. That when you enter rooms, when you take a step, people should feel something else showed up on the scene. Oh, no, y'all missing this thing. When you enter an environment, people should raise questions. What just happened? And you tell them, we showed up. Oh, God, you missed that. I ain't talking about we. I'm talking about you plus God always is the majority. We showed up. That's what you got to remember. So for those of you who feel unworthy, I want to transition you to the unworthy in recovery club. We ain't all the way there. But we don't think in those damaging ways like we're used to. No, you ain't perfect. But I dare to tell somebody I'm worthy. Oh, come on, tell somebody close to you, I am worthy. I am worthy. Tell somebody else, I am worthy. Watch this. And here's what you tell them. That wasn't for you. That was for me to remind myself that I'm worthy in God's. Is anybody here today who knows beyond the shadow of a doubt that you woke up this morning worthy? You made your way down to the church worthy. And with your worthy self, you should have been worshiping a God who knows that you are worthy. Talk about me. Still worthy. Oh, God, don't like me? Still worthy. You ain't on my side? Still worthy. You don't want to hang out with me? Still worthy. You don't like the way I act in church? Still worthy. You don't like the way that nothing you say can tear down my emotional support system that operates within myself? Why? Still worthy. Tell somebody, still worthy. That's really it. I am worthy. Oh, say it to yourself. I am worthy. Go, no, you don't believe it. I am worthy. Hold on, slow it down again because you're moving too fast. I, hey, sit right there. I, yeah, the you you've been avoiding, the you you've been afraid of. I am worthy. I am worthy I am worthy every breath worthy every step I take is worthy I am worthy I'm trying to help you be your own chief encourager right now I am worthy mistakes made but still worthy don't operate in the fullest of my gifts all the time but still worthy there are moments when i do doubt a little bit but i'm still worthy i am worthy and when you leave here today if you don't remember nothing else you got to be able to tell yourself that there's nobody living
and of lies who could ever make me doubt how worthy I am. Wait a minute. I'm worthy. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of peace. I'm worthy of joy. I'm worthy of a sound mind. I'm worthy of blessings. I'm worthy of being surrounded by people who pour into me. I'm worthy of being able to find a support network, a tribe who loves me for me in spite of all my flaws. I'm worthy for everything that God has to bring my way. I am worthy. And so instead of being shocked at a breakthrough, you tell yourself, I figured this was coming. Oh, see y'all? Oh, that's bragging? No, 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 no. Something good happens to you? And people say, oh my God, how did that happen? I knew it was coming. See, y'all understand to celebrate that. Because here's what I know. You will find yourself in spaces that you weren't qualified for by people, but sanctified for by God. You, you will find yourself doing things that folk didn't know because they were busy looking at you only. Not you plus God. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. And, and here's what you tell folk. You know what? When you did not think much would come of me, I get it. When you thought that wasn't much, I get it. There was a time I didn't think much of myself, but that's because I only thought I was moving by myself. But the minute I woke up one day and realized that God walks with me and God talks with me, I realized that I don't roll alone. And so if everybody in my life decides to flee, run, go away, leave me, guess what? Still worthy because God has not left me. You, beloved, are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Stop walking around here hanging your head down. You sitting around here trying to get attention out of your misery. You sitting around here wanting people to see that you're going through, but you ain't trying to make a move towards your own healing. You walk around here with your head down all the time, feeling sorry for yourself, talking about things are hard, but then the same breath talking about you believe in God. Uh-uh. Stop lying. Start living. You are worthy. When, let me tell you, when you become dangerous, when your view of you catches up to God's view of you, you become dangerous and there will always be people who can't handle that kind of confidence I mean God confidence <laughs> look at her she's so conceited l look at him he think he's better than everybody else No, you don't think you're enough. That's why you're trying to think that on about me. And they, they got all this stuff. Because when things happen, you don't get shocked. When, when good things come your way, you don't act surprised. You're like, I knew this was going to come my way. 
And they said, but you bragging now? No, no, because when you know God, it's not bragging, it's called prophesying. How would you not wake up in the morning expecting something good to happen? See, why would I be shocked when doors start opening? I'm just shocked they didn't open sooner. But I knew they was going to open. Why would you be shocked when something good happens in your life and you sit around there waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for something to go wrong? For what? You're worthy of it. You were made for this moment. You, 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 I know who you are. You're the person who when you used to tell people about what you would do and what you would be, they start making you feel bad. And so you muzzled yourself, muted your voice because what other people might say, nah, loose those lips and start talking big again. What you will do, who you will become, who you are right now, you are worthy. There's some brothers and sisters in here. That's why we have this celebration in New York City Day Pride Parade who've been made to feel some kind of way. Uh -uh. The people who tried to destroy you and make you feel like you were less than you were people who couldn't even see the divinity in you because they couldn't see the divinity in themselves. Don't be mad. Pray for them. But when you can say, and I'm done, when you can say, God, I'm grateful today. I'm grateful. Why? Why? Why are you grateful? Because you know my name. You know my name. When God called Moses, he singled him out. He went after him. He knew Moses. And guess what? God know a whole lot of folks including you. You know my name. And if that if that wasn't enough to be grateful, here's Red Headbanger. You know how you walk with me. You know how you talk with me. You know how you tell me that I am your own. Come on, I want to see if the worthy people can worship this morning. Come you on, I need know my Come on, can you worship? Come on, just lift those hands up. You know my name. Come on, I need to see the worthy worshipers. You know my Yes. Come on, say it like you know it. You know. You know. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute 
If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.